there are rules in the mosh pit. There are. And that's what I think is so fascinating about it, because what I really do love about the metal community in general is um, you kind of leave your shit at the door. Like you all are there to see the show. And if you want to be a little violent and a little on edge or whatever, there's like an acceptable level of that. And, and you're right. There are these like unspoken rules. And I always try to explain it to people who are so unfamiliar with it. And I just, never... it looks like chaos. It looks like yeah. what the hell is going on in here? Yeah. It's, be, it's like, it. that should be illegal. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Matt Elias Music Podcast with me, your host, Matt Elias. And this week I've got another special guest to introduce to you. Kelly Phillips is a multi-instrumentalist, band manager, and host of Tapestry Music Podcast, which is an awesome listen where Kelly interviews all kinds of figures in the music industry, and you should definitely check that out. I know it's hosted on SoundCloud, and you can get it pretty much everywhere you listen to your podcasts. Now, Kelly is something of an expert when it comes to networking in the music scene here in Pittsburgh, particularly in metal. And she and I had a conversation about just that, networking and podcasting, mosh pits, being a multi-instrumentalist, and all kinds of things related to music in general. And without anything further from Tapestry Music Podcast, I give you Kelly Phillips. All right, so what made you want to start doing a music podcast? What made me start wanting to do a music podcast? Um... I was thinking about this on the way over here. Like I realized that I function best in my life in a helper capacity. Like I feel fulfilled by helping people. Typically, I'm not talking like self-righteous, like I'm going to go to Africa and feed starving children helping. But like I, I like I get validation from when my knowledge and my skill set can directly promote another person, I guess. And, um, I have a lot of feelings <laughs> about music and I'm emotionally tied up with it. So it sort of became this natural way for me to go, Hey, you know, I love talking with people. I love learning about what makes people tick. And especially in a musical context, why people make music, what it means to them. And I thought hosting a music podcast was kind of a great way to blend, you know, Hey, I can see, this conversation maybe being a promotional tool for the artist I interview. And it just, it, it lets me talk to somebody about something cool for like two hours. Mm -hmm. So it was a natural fit. I mean, that's how you and I met. We met at the rivers and Nile show Yes, through Tyler. And that's honestly, as I approach 30, that's how I make most of my friends is like it shows oh yeah oh hey i elbowed you in the pit sorry hey what's your name like (laughs) that sort of thing yeah that would be tyler cox who Mm -hmm. we had on a couple episodes ago i met tyler because he's so distinctive he's a large dude with dreads and he's you instantly pick him out in the crowd and i kept seeing him at shows like because like what nick said he was, yeah. Every time he went to a show, he was excited to see the seven foot tall black dude yeah. with dreads at the metal show. I, mean, I was like, hey, it's that guy. And and yeah. I think it was, um, I forget which show I introduced myself, but I finally like went up behind him and I tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, hey, dude, um, I see you at every fucking show. What's your name? And <laughs> and we kind of like mentally went back. Oh, were you at the periphery show? Oh, were you at the show? And it, we have been at like every show together in Pittsburgh, just unbeknownst to one another. And then. That's just how it worked out. But yeah. that that is truly how I make a lot of my friends nowadays. Yeah, right. So a lot of people think that like the the days of local music scene promotion being a tool to spread your band or to or to promote yourself are like dead because it's just all online. And I will I see you not agreeing with that right now, but <laughs> I will post I will pose this uh example like um i don't know how into hip-hop you are if you're familiar very with. very little okay there's a group called suicide boys i've heard of them yeah. that's where my knowledge ends okay well that's a good start <laughs> they're from new orleans okay and they built they're, they're pretty successful they'll they'll tour and they'll sell out you know smaller medium venues they no, I don't know how they are now, but for a long time, they did like nothing in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Their fan base was entirely built on the internet and like they knew it. They were just like, they weren't even, I saw them in an interview um, and they said, we probably will never play a show in New Orleans. Like we have no. Yeah. S- but meanwhile, their career is, is rocking. They're really successful. 
if if I may offer an anecdote to that, okay. if you hadn't interviewed me today, I wouldn't have known this like earlier. This happened last night. I went out to a show at Gooski's last night and uh-huh. I happened to meet Dave, who's the guitarist from Argus, oh, and okay. cool. had a conversation with a really, really nice guy. And I knew of them. And, you know, he and his band members have to drive like an hour and a half to practice. They all pr- they practice in Oil City, I think. And I was like, you know, why haven't I seen a lot of shows with you? Like, you're fairly well known. And he's like, well, we're well known, but not in Pittsburgh. They 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 get booked on festivals in Europe all the time. Mm-hmm. They have a huge following in Europe, but they don't do shit around Pittsburgh. And we just talked a little bit about why that is. And it's like changing times. But sometimes you just kind of get in with this niche group of interested fans and online yeah online and you mesh with them and and they've they've played with all kinds of people overseas i thought you were gonna like make the opposite point (laughs) no no i'm agreeing with you actually yeah yeah interesting but i mean there's definitely at least in pittsburgh there is there is a music scene it's not like there isn't one there's Mm -hmm. people that go to shit now the the metal scene is a little bit insulated from the other types of music like i think so there's like an indie rock sort of scene as well out here where there's a lot of groups that are that are playing. Are you are you finding that's like well that's kind of like your scene. I mean, are you playing with like the same six people all the time? Well, I'm sort of like I haven't lived in the city for all that long. So, I'm um like kind of new to it. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like the there's a scene in that indie rock space that's like kind of like blossoming right now yeah as far as metal though i don't know actually how big the scene is honestly it's weird because i um the show i was seeing last night was whorehound um i I have kind of become friends with all of them they're like like doom metal stoner rock that sort of thing Uh and um that was actually my fifth time seeing them and I I met them through some other mutual friends in the metal scene and like you know their singer shy she's she books she she does everything she is a record label she does art and she's in a band and has a I mean she's amazing but yeah I've come to know them and like I see the same people at their shows all the time and and you you run into this little tight-knit group of people and like you know they know me now and I'm a fan and I'm recognized as a fan and it's just, it's like it's tight knit enough that you can go you can hop genres even you can run into the same people at a stoner rock show that you might at a tech death show I mean that that's happened mm-hmm. to me and I'm cross genre I don't discriminate so I do stone <laughs> like I like I was just saying this to someone yesterday I like my metal like fast <laughs> like I don't I, I don't know I'm what picky. it is I am picky about doom yeah. stuff I will uh-huh. say and whorehound is awesome what's They're, doom metal tell tell the people what the hell doom metal is it's like and stoner metal because that's just an intriguing a tr- intriguing name it's for, weird it's weird because I have trouble defining what separates the two but the stoner metal or stoner rock or desert rock or all that stuff to me kind of was birthed out of doom metal but as far as I understand doom metal I kind of define it as like heavy heavily distorted downtuned riffs played very slowly and then the metal subgenre lunacy takes a step further when you also consider things that are funeral doom metal which is even slower it's almost dirge like and the fact that that's a fucking subgenre is hilarious to me but there there is funeral doom which i can't listen to it's just like too slow it's like it's like eight beats per minute i'm like oh my god like <laughs> like i'm watching paint dry at this point while some guys like really yeah, eight I'm, beats per minute not really oh, but it, I, I mean say. it is lurching it is just yeah you know the guitarist strums and 30 seconds later he makes his next attack it's yeah. just slow so and like lumbering. i'm thinking of bands that i would that know. is not what whorehounds like by the way they're super okay. high energy and yeah that's such a great fucking band name by yeah. the way it's funny yeah um like six feet under is that doom metal or stone well they there's oh, um, they use a lot of like weed leaf imagery and stuff in there well stoner stoner rock bands in general their whole imagery is such a like trope i mean yeah let me here i will name some stoner rock bands for you and these are all actual real band names yeah bongzilla bong ripper (laughs) weed eater uh, i've heard of them truck fighters um truck fighters truck fighters yeah they're actually great to check that out i I like the name enough um the, the best the best stoner rock band name in my opinion is this is literally their name mammoth weed wizard bastard yeah I That's mean, a good one. you really can't beat that. 
So I think like that's a that's a genre of music that is very self aware. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, and, like, for sure. Um, toke too. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like all, memeing on themselves. It's obvious. It's like, hey, yeah. there's a giant weed leaf on my album art. Yeah, uh, guess what we like to do? You know, bake cookies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're kind of getting into the. We we were talking about this a little bit. I still think that that I always enjoy talking about that. The um. Like you mentioned, just the insanity of in metal. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, just your rank and file general music listeners, you know, don't have any idea because they don't care. Obviously, metal's an extreme music, so it's kind of you know, it's like a a niche. Yeah. A niche. Yeah, how I always go back and forth on how I say that. Niche. Niche. I think that's definitely one that's not okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it has to be the I or E sound <laughs> to start. Anyway, most people have no idea about any of this, but I think it's hilarious because it's like, uh, well, we talked about it on the other show on the dark side. I, I had Nick and Tyler. We were talking about the, um, the classification of these different genres and how like it's, it's, it's not. They aren't all that different. Sometimes I think right. sometimes it's so arbitrary. It's just ways for people to gatekeep each other and to be superior. Absolutely, and, and that is not unique. You could find that in any type of interest or hobby, or even your work or whatever. Right. Whatever you do, you know that type of guy. It's just like, well, actually, this is uh, you know, this yeah. is stoner rock and not doom metal. Excuse right. me, like, and then they make you feel try to make their self feel better by making you feel shitty. And those douchebags are everywhere. It's true. And and I say I listen to a lot of genres, but actually the, the fact that you mentioned that, I mean, I do. I, I grew up listening to country. I, I really? started playing saxophone when I, that was my first instrument I learned. Saxophone. So I, yeah, I love jazz. Um, but I'm not like encyclopedic in my knowledge about it, whereas mm-hmm. now metal's kind of my preferred realm. And that's where I feel most comfortable with right. like knowing the bands, knowing the movers and shakers. But, um, being that I primarily listen to metal and more extreme genres, I don't know if there's that same applicable weird subgenre labeling in like hip hop, like, or even dance there music is. can be like that. Like, you there, know, I know yeah, about there. trance, I know about EDM, I know about IDM, I know what's IDM? Uh, intelligent dance music, <laughs> which is funny to me. Like, Boards of Canada is an IDM band. I just, I don't know what <laughs> makes something IDM. Intelligent dance music. Yeah, it makes me. I was like, "What? So you're saying EDM listeners are knuckle draggers?" <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, but I always look at subgenre classification as like it. It gets to a point where it sounds like you're ordering something at Applebee's instead of listening to a fucking song because it's like, um, I only listen to blackened sludge post atmospheric death metal. I would probably then, like that. Yeah, I wait. Not slut. Take the sludge part away. You don't like bit. sludge? No. Too slow. Too slow. I so like that your... band Sluggage. Oh, that I was... like them a lot. I love but they're not sludge. They are not. They're like tech te- death. Tech, tech eh, death kind of. Slam a little bit, aren't they? See, no, I don't even know slam. what the hell slam. I don't like. I don't listen to like brutal slamming death metal or yeah, grindcore kinda, and stuff. Yeah. Slam is... Um, yeah, what is slam, really? Slam is... So it's like, you know what a breakdown is? A right. slam is where you'll have a part that is, I mean, I can explain, I can explain it like in music terms. It's like where you'll have, um, chromatic move, like, um, just half steps up and down, like, ding, 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 oh. ding, and it oh, could be really that. slow. Yeah. It's different from a breakdown because you don't have all that space. Right. And like, so that's, that's slam hmm. sluggage. Maybe they're not slam. Def- they, they definitely veer s- into like technical death metal territory yeah, they're pretty, and they're pretty quick. I've been you, listening well, to you're, it. You're listening to Black Dahlia or you are wearing a Black Dahlia murder shirt. You know, that's who their live drummer is going to be, right? Sluggage? Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. No, I, I believe that. so. That's yeah. awesome. And I'm going on record. So if I'm wrong, oops, well, <laughs> I'm pretty okay. sure I'm pretty sure they hired I don't Alan. Think don't mind. Alan yeah, Alan, or, yeah. 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 Black Dahlia always has great drummers mm-hmm. and you're a drummer. I am a drummer. I, yeah, I'm a drummer. Are you a metal drummer? I'm a whatever the heck I can figure out drummer right now. I always sell myself short. I, I mean, I'm self-taught and like uh-huh. I missed the... But you have a music background. You said you learned saxophone. I, I at one point played six different instruments and mm-hmm. I mostly did that from high school. Like I was like the world's hugest band nerd. I I still kind of am. I just, it's just no longer, you know, 
geeking out about symphonic wind band music and it's now, oh my God, this metal song's so great. But um, Wait, so you used to actually geek out about like classical music? Not, um, not classical so much, but uh, when I was in high school, I mean, you know, I started playing saxophone in third grade, like most kids do in elementary school. They, they pick an instrument. Yeah. And, did um, your parents push you to do that or did you want to? No, I was always a musical kid. Like huh. I, I, I was always humming along to stuff at an early age, tapping my feet, that sort of thing. But uh, they didn't like push me into, oh, we got to get Kelly learning piano like a lot of parents do. I right. think they just said, hey, honey, choose whatever. But my my grandpa um, was really into jazz. He kind of passed that down to my dad. And then I grew up listening to jazz. So I think just naturally I had an affinity for sax and horns and stuff. So I started playing sax and then I became pretty proficient at it, but I was never like, I wasn't competitive or anything like a lot of my peers, you know, they were the ones who were practicing two hours a day and they mm-hmm. were doing the adjudicated stuff and uh, PMEA and like, you know, the really upper tier. I was just happy with like, yeah, I'm like second or first chair and I have fun with it. But um, uh, yes, I mean, I, I really liked to geek out more about the the symphonic wind band stuff. Like there's a lot of modern composers that just write just absolutely beautiful stuff. You know, non, when I say symphonic wind band, I mean, you know, most kids either in elementary school, they join orchestra where you're playing a string instrument mm-hmm. or symphonic band or concert band, whatever your school calls it, where it's all the wind instruments and percussion. Okay. No strings. No strings. Yeah. So, ah, okay. yeah. So at some point I, um, yeah, I, I started on saxophone and then later in high school when I got into marching band, I, um, they had a need for whatever reason, I think just lack of people. They they had a need for a trombone player and I'm like, that looks fun. So I taught myself trombone over a summer and, um, you starting on all the hardest instruments. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I mean, saxophone is supposed to be a bastard with, I mean, sax- every note is literally like a different hand configuration that you have to can be. There's a lot of alternate fingerings on saxophone, but oh, really? I think see, I have no idea. I can't even visualize how I, I have no experience with any type of wind instrument. And see, I have no Other experience the, with string instruments. So guitar, guitar is like mind blowing to me. I don't understand yeah. it, but no saxophones actually, believe it or not, it's actually one of the more user friendly instruments to start on. And really, it looks um, pretty, pretty intense. It looks scary, but it's not, but it's actually very versatile because most people like when you mention a saxophone, I think most people think of an alto E flat alto saxophone. That's yeah, what I started. But on. I like, uh, like a baritone sax. Oh, those are a lot of badass, like soul and funk bands. will use those. Yeah. Like and those things are, power and those stuff. are unwieldy. They really are. They're huge. The mouthpiece is like the size of my hand. It's a bitch to like, just get your embouchure right. But, um, no saxophone is, is pretty easy to pick up is because, the, uh, the that's the, t- the mouth blowing into the thing. Yeah, it's that's the, a fancy word for that. I have to understand that not everybody listening is like, oh yeah, I played saxophone in high school too. But yeah, it's it's the um the setting of your your mouth and the way you tighten the corners yeah. of your lips. Like if you see a saxophone player you puffing their cheeks, pick, you yeah, shouldn't you, do that. It's oh. the, if if you see them doing it, chances are they're probably circular breathing. You know what circular breathing is? Like in through the nose and out through the mouth. I can't do it, but I think it's the coolest shit. You like can keep a constant airflow going by like inhaling and and filling your cheeks with air like a hamster and (laughs) and then blowing it back out and not supposed to do that (laughs) is that bad no it's it's a it's an advanced technique that a lot of jazz musicians you can just never run out of out of gas you can just keep playing notes yeah it's crazy to me i that's what i mean i was always like proficient written specifically for circular breathing that you can't play otherwise. I wonder. I bet you there is. That'd be badass. That's a good question to ask someone I'm going to have on my podcast later who's in like a process music type of duo. And I went to college with him. He was a trombone player, but he's yeah. really well versed in all that crazy free form, like upper level technique stuff. That's what I mean. I was always like good enough. Yeah, <laughs> you know, multi instrumentalist. You're proficient at a bunch of different things. I could things. play enough stuff to get through a piece and yeah. stay in tune. And like at, at the end of high school, there was a concert I remember in, I think it was my junior year. My band director kind of, I don't want to say made me the butt of 
because that implies that he was doing it in like a mocking way. But he basically called attention to the fact that in between every ensemble, I had to do an instrument change. And the audience, I think, kept noticing me because I had a table in the back of the stage. And it was like, okay, put down the alto sax for symphonic band. And then the next ensemble, I pick up the tenor for for jazz ensemble. And then I put that down and grab a trombone for concert band. And then I grab an oboe for wood. I mean, that's badass, though. I can't play most of it anymore. The the trombone's actually the only instrument I still have. Yeah. But it's like for this project I'm gearing up in another I'm like a, a maniac with <laughs> being in too many bands, but um I mean if that's 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 all I do, so like yeah. I kinda have to fill up the, the schedule. But right. I'm doing um I'm playing guitar, which is my main instrument, but I'm also playing piano mm-hmm. in this band. Um and uh it's 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 uh intense it's overwhelming because i'm not i'm like a, i'm learning the piano oh okay Ooh, good for you like i haven't been playing piano my whole life and stuff mm-hmm. you know so and i did i do have a music you know theory background and stuff right but yeah i it's just a whole nother it's <sighs> not like i'm i'm not having an issue with like the hand dexterity or anything i feel mm-hmm. like it kind of transfers from oh, i'm sure from guitar your fingers are probably so it's different you but know. you know you have the dexterity but it's more like just i don't know it's just a whole it's a whole other thing you know i enjoy it i really like piano though do you have a preference or <clears throat> you, i'm sure i mean you've been playing guitar longer yeah i've been playing guitar for 20 some years mm-hmm. but so yeah i mean that's the home base mm-hmm. and I can play some bass. I can't, I mean, I can play the drums. Like I'm not, I mean, like I can think of a cool drum pattern, but I don't really have the ability to, to just sit down and, you know, I have like very rudimentary limb independence. Like I can't, are you like a double bass? Uh, yeah. Uh, this, uh, here's the thing. I, I, another thing I've learned about myself in the last year or so in kind of starting my podcast and like getting more, into the local music scene and feeling like I'm a part of the industry despite not being a practicing musician like in a band because I'm not in any bands and I've I've auditioned for some and I I just don't have the time to commit to it. What I've realized is I get a lot more joy out of covering other people's stuff because I have an emotional attachment to it. And so I've just tried to, over the years, find like, oh, you know, I've been listening to this pre-drums because I've only been playing drums for like not even three years. I've always paid attention to the drum parts in songs like even years ago. And so now that my ability is catching up to it, I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, it's a great drum part. I better learn that. And no, I can't, you know, I can't play like the, 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 yeah, I cannot play equipoise. Like I cannot play Duales Flamel right now, but maybe in like six years I could, but, um, (laughs) six years, I don't know. I I'm sure if I really whacked away at it, but I have so many other projects that I'm lucky if I get behind my drum set like three times a week, but Mm. you know, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be like content with mediocrity, but I sort of, am in certain stages and I think we all go through periods of growth where you like you work at something and you kind of you know that's that that quote that you've probably had your boss tell you or other people in your life tell you you know uh insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results it's really true oh yeah it's really true and like I just finally had a breakthrough recently with drums where you know I finally bought my acoustic drum set and I was so happy because I was playing electronic drums for like a year and a half because I lived in an apartment and then when I bought my house I was, I was like, gonna ask <gasps> you that because yeah. drummers have a special curse um <laughs> and like when my, it comes to living in places where you can't play your instrument and setting up and tearing down and where do we practice always it's at the awful. drummer's house or at a place you have to pay to rent to, yeah. yeah it's a night my, my dad's a drummer that's how I even got into music my dad's a rock yeah. drummer but like it's uh he always says he has to build a whole entire city every time we play a gig. I he's not I, kidding. His drum I, set's ridiculous. Oh my god! Like, I went um, at that Whorehound show flute or something. Yeah, <laughs> at that Whorehound show last night, the band that was on after them was a band from I think they're from Akron called Inhaler. And um, <laughs> yeah, a, I know that's a funny. Okay, band here's name. the thing. Here's the lineup for these three for these three bands last night: Rebreather. <laughs> inhaler and wow. the whorehound the, everything uh, was was breathing related last aspirated night aspirated yeah <laughs> except whorehound although you can assume that whatever a whorehound is it mm. also has to no, no no i actually got schooled by the singer she said believe it or not wh- whorehound's a plant 
Um, you can get like, whore, love it. you can get great. like whorehound flavored cough drops like at Walgreens, but apparently, <laughs> apparently the plant traditionally, Which I will be doing, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Before. That's hilarious. <laughs> it, it apparently is a, is a plant that medicinally, um, you, you use to treat respiratory issues. So she was like, it's the trifecta. Everything's yeah. breathing related. Wow. Um, at, any, the asthma suffers y- unite. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and the irony is that it's in a smoking bar. So I, <laughs> I left a little early because I don't smoke and my eyes were just like burning. But, um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. tough. But watching, um, I mean, have you seen a show at Gooskies? Have, no. have you been to Gooskies? I have not. It is the diviest, diviest bar and I love it. It's actually a great place to see a show because the sound is right up in your face and you're, you're basically on stage, but it looks like a fucking bomb shelter. I mean, it's a scary place. <laughs> Everything's covered in stickers and graffiti and yeah. y- you, you might see a rat climb out of the wall. Like it's I'm thinking like SLC punk. It, oh, it's just grimy. It yeah. is just grimy. And, um, watching that other band set up their drums, you know, you're, you're like trying to stay out of their way and they're loading their gear in and the one guy's shirts off and they're setting up their shit on this little, like, you know, 10 by five stage. And I'm, I'm looking at the drummer cause I always watch the drummer and I'm like, you know, subconsciously, like, I feel for you, bro. Like, I hate oh, what yeah. you're going through right now, trying to load yep. in stuff from your truck and mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're trying to politely tell people to get out of the way and that's what I was getting at. The breakthrough I had though, with my acoustic drums was any excited kid, like a kid on Christmas, they get a drum set and they're like, Oh my God, I just want to run home and set it up, which is exactly what I did. I bought my Pearl drum set off of a guy and uh, Jeanette, actually I bought him off Facebook and then, um, big shout out to Matt Kastner over it and stuff music. I bought all my symbols from him. Mm-hmm. He, he's been a big help. And, um, you know, dropped a mortgage payment on buying all my symbols and my stands and stuff. And you get home and you go, oh, what do I do with it? And, and you kind of are just so excited to set it up that you don't really set your drum set up in a way that's ergonomic or makes sense. <laughs> and I was playing, you know, I was playing my snare at the wrong height for like three months. I didn't even, I don't really play stuff that requires a rim shot. I, I never ever use rim shots in any of the music I play. And so I'm like, I don't care where it is. It just has to be somewhat between my legs where I can hit it. Like I didn't care. And then I went to YouTube and I thought there's gotta be a reason why I'm not rebounding my sticks correctly. And I'm, I'm hearing, I'm making a lot of mistakes. Like I'm, I'm hitting the rims of my toms and I'm like, yeah, you idiot. Cause you just put your drums in a room and then started playing them with no consideration to, cause I'm pretty tall. I have very long legs. So I have to like set my bass pedals up in a way that, lets my knees be at lower than a 90 degree. There's like a whole kinesiology to it. And then I think (laughs) there's touring drummers that have to do that on the fly every night and set their drum set up. Yeah, but they have it. Or drum techs or something. Like my dad has, um, on all his hardware, like the cymbal stands and everything. Mm -hmm. He's got tape and stuff. He's got it marked. Yeah. Yeah. I ought to do that. Oh man. One time speaking of, uh, there's a story he tells all the time. Um, one of the the wife of uh, the other guitar player in one of the bands that we're in, she was uh, helping the band tear down after a show, and she was helping uh, him tear his drums down. And like he like had walked away to do something, and he comes back, and she was like taking the heart like. You know, she was like unstaking bolts out of the oh. hardware. Like she had, she was taking stuff apart down to like a molecular level. And he's just like, oh, no. God, it's going to take me for <laughs> It's just trying it's to so help. True. It's just like, I need you to take this apart, but like only half to, to a certain, like, you know what? Just forget it. Like I'll right. just do it. Well, I had that experience. Um, I, I don't know how much of it's public, so I'm not going to say what band, but I did technically drama audition for a local band that is no longer no longer has a drummer and I was like you know what I don't really think I'm gonna actually and and not that I don't want to do it but I just wanted to see if I could and I just wanted to have the experience because I'm certainly not a fantastic drummer I'm like an okay I feel like I'm an okay drummer I would encourage any player out there to do that yeah just go audition (laughs) because that's just even if you don't get it you, it, it, it's an experience that you learn from. You learn how right. to audition for a group and they're all different. You might walk in and find out it's a shit show and you don't want to play with these guys anyway. Or, right. which, okay, I'm not, I don't know if I'm foreshadowing what your story might be about. No, but no, no. It, even it, if you get the job, you don't have to take it. Exactly. You can just say, you know and, what, guys, you know, thanks, but... 
Right. And like I this this past couple of years, I've really started to try to just frame my understanding of who I am. And I don't know why I get so hung up on labels, but I do. Maybe it's a, a woman thing. I don't know. Some of us just like or it's to, a metal thing. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a doubly cursed being a female metalhead. I love to self label and be identified by certain things and they don't really mean anything. But I'm kind of like I'm not really a real musician, you know, and I always battle with that. And it's like, if you play music, you're a musician, but then to what degree? And so I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go do it. If, if, if I feel something when I'm there and there's just that stirring in my heart, like, oh my God, I want to do this. Like, I would love to be on stage with these guys. Great. Then you keep working at it. But, you know, I showed up and and I had a blast. I really did. And like, it's humbling because you're trying to learn their songs and like their guitar player wrote up, um, he, he kind of wrote up like a roadmap for me because I can read sheet music, but I really can't read drum sheet music. I have z- like zero ex- experience yeah. with it. So I learn everything by ear. And I was like, you know, I had to bring my own hardware. They had like he a partial. You, he sent you drum sheet music? He didn't send me drum sheet music, but he, you know, they're like a hard rock band. So they kind of have a formulaic in, in a good way, you know, it's like, Hey, here's the chorus. And then we play this for eight measures and then there's a breakdown. Right. So like I'd listen to the songs enough to go, Oh, okay, here's where I hit the China symbol for the breakdown. Here's where I do this, you know, two step pattern, whatever. And he was really helpful because he could tell I was nervous. He was really helpful kind of giving me a roadmap. And even if I didn't play it a hundred percent, right, which of course I didn't just, it, it, there's a whole different feeling to being in a room with other people who are committed to to wanting a song to sound good mm-hmm. and then you got a new person who's kind of trying out meanwhile i'm playing on like their their ex drummers kit who yeah, that was in their practice element. space i'm totally playing on a you know different drum throne different hardware i actually forgot to bring a snare stand cuz i didn't think like they had the snare, but I figured that meant that they also had the snare stand and I'm like, well, I can't play it on my lap. So they had to go ask the guy in the music room. Like, do you have an extra snare stand? And thank God he did. I'm thinking, what was I going to do if he did it? Yeah. What? Yeah. One of those (laughs) things. And then like my China symbol was hooked up to, um, I clipped it on to, um, (laughs) what was it? It was like one of those things that your dad probably has in your garage that you like hang a light from like a trouble light. I just was like, fuck it. And just like clipped my china symbol onto there and you know every time it was we suspended from the ceiling no it was like badly uh i have i have those pdp um like i don't know what you call them but they're like these weird like crab claw type attachments and, and, oh, it, like has, and it has clamps? a rod yeah and you have to like unscrew the one side and like fit it around yeah the, the, uh, right. the metal hardware right they're pain in the ass i wish i never bought them because if if the diameter of your your symbol stand is you know three thirty seconds too big it won't work and you never know what you're gonna get so i'm uh i'm playing the breakdown and the i'm just watching the symbol get six inches away from me every time like no 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 no, come back come back i'm like reaching across the drums i'm like sorry guys let's do that again this is like audition nightmare yeah and and it really wasn't an audition it was more of a just hey let's just jam let's just feel this out and um i mean it was a great experience i'm i'm still you know, I'm, I'm on good, good terms with all those people and I'm sure they're going to find another drummer. And, um, I'm glad I went and did it because like I was saying, I, this whole past year or two, just in talking to other musicians and like people, a lot of musicians I look up to people in the local scene and beyond, I've had a couple of people that I've kind of befriended and they're like, yeah, like keep singing, keep drumming. Like the fact that you're doing it and you feel joy from it, keep doing it don't keep gatekeeping yourself like i'm i'm not a real singer i'm is this not the a... first time you've auditioned for a group like that yeah <clears throat> is yeah. it the first audition now you i guess coming from the organized band background i mean you know what an audition is you've had to do stuff like that I, I, yeah i auditioned for drum major in high school too and marching band it's like a job interview i mean it is a job it interview, is. actually but it's like you're expected to imagine like so for people out there who aren't players and if you've never done an or even if you are and you've never done an audition like maybe you've just been lucky enough to play with you know friends or whatever playing your own stuff and you're the guy auditioning people and that's Mm -hmm. cool too but like (laughs) to it's like imagine you're going to a job interview and you are but it's a panel interview because it's not one person it's Mm -hmm. a whole room full of people that you now maybe you know maybe you know them but maybe not you know audition implies that you probably don't know them Mm mm-hmm not only are you nervous about all that, if you're that that kind of person, 
but you also you have to go in and like and then perform <laughs> yeah. like you have to put on a, a show you know what i mean and you yep. know they're all watching you and listening to what you're doing and but that's part of it i mean that's right you know if you're a player then that's the uh i kind of like i'm like a uh there's a part of me that seeks that like i'm looking for that I'm do, like a, a do you find it like tries you kind of push yourself to be a better musician when you go out that and too those but things? i'm like a thrill seeker type of personality <laughs> so i'm always I'm like pushing myself into you know like i'll be like i feel that like oh man like this is i feel hesitation about it but then i also like want to seek it like i'll put myself in, into situations like that sometimes how many bands have you auditioned for over the years mm, as far as like a formal audition like that not too many i'd say maybe like a half dozen or mm. less but a lot. I mean, some people do it all the time, you know, but like I've always kind of been working on, well, I've been lucky enough to play like my dad's always had cover bands and stuff mm -hmm. going for the most part. So, which is awesome. Like I'll, I always said like that, that project that I'm playing piano in is another, it's a, well, we're doing a tribute band. I'll, I'll talk more about it later mm -hmm. once. Okay. It's, but it's like, uh, it's cool because like I'll, I'll do anything that my dad wants to do. Like who else gets to play in a band with their parents? Yeah, you know? I would love that if if my it's mom. It's sweet, and it's like his favorite thing in the world. He's always so pumped and happy when we're playing. So it's just like you know, like I don't care what. Like I'm I'm in. Like whatever you want to do. Right. You know? I got asked to play drums for a '90s cover band like literally three days ago, and yeah. oh my god, I would have loved to do it. And I'm like, I, I'm just too busy. I have so many yeah. side hustles, and I have a day job, and yeah. I mean, I'm I now have my and you're an artist too. Yeah, graphic, I, I, and artist. I'm a band manager, so it's like I. Oh really? Yeah, oh my that. god, yeah. I I I always take on too much, but the band management thing is a recent thing. It was just at the end of December, and and uh -huh. I had the manager I work for now approach me, and it's kind of like we had had a relationship develop over the internet, but um, she kind of recognized in me that I I network well and I. I meet people really well through music and I can kind of navigate weird corners of the internet. And like, because I listen to a lot of That's stuff, a I can skill set in itself. Yeah. Like I can sort of be like, Oh, you know, I know this uh, progressive death metal band from Copenhagen. And if you like that, you might enjoy this black and death metal band from Argentina. And I mean, I, I literally have to, I, those are actual bands I I'm thinking of in my death head. Metal. That might be my favorite subgenre yeah your, your blackened salmon salad at applebee's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'll take like, my death metal blackened please well i like death metal <laughs> and i like it to be evil but i don't like black metal because again it's slow and sludgy and i'm not into that i'm very like picky about my black metal too really? so did you listen to the new inner arma album that just came out yesterday no because they took a distinctly blackened death metal turn i will it's like i love behemoth you like behemoth mm, I, I haven't listened to them a whole lot but They're like a blackened death metal right. band for the most part awesome i gotta get more into it really i'm it's so funny that i used to be like years ago i used to be really averse to the heavy screaming because i'm like it's just noise and then uh -huh. as i've started to learn how to do screaming and stuff myself really um, so you're working on doing harsh vocals i can do false chord screaming right now but i can't do fries and it's like eluding me it's it's like the freaking golden goose i can't yeah. I, I i've watched like every youtube video on how to do it and then i talk to a bunch of guys and they're like oh yeah i just started doing it in my bathroom like they they just do it they, they can't even help they can't uh, even help me understand the technique it to is not it. just noise mm -mm. it is there's a technique to it yeah and to do it without shredding your <laughs> your Everything. whole anatomy and in, in your talking yeah. uh area yeah <laughs> your whole voice your, box yeah. well it like that's what i've been learning about singing because i'm not trained as a singer and when i say i'm a singer i literally mean i can sometimes hold a pitch like i'm not mm -hmm. I, you know i don't do vibrato i don't have the the education about it but i can at least kind of hold a tune and not totally sound like shit and as i've been learning more about it and trying to educate myself and just seek what's out there on the internet singing is such a science oh yeah like one it's the of, hardest instrument it's crazy yeah because there's nothing you can compare it to and it's completely unique to you <laughs> and you can't the thing that's because i i took um i've been singing for years but i didn't take any lessons until i, I did it last year i went and got um of, of some voice lessons but like the thing that i realized about it is that like it's not like another instrument because like okay here if you're learning the drums 
you can be taught, like you can observe what they're doing and you can mimic it. Mm -hmm. But when you're singing, all of the technique, not all of it, there's, you know, positioning and breathing and stuff, but to actually make a note, you can't see any of it. It's all inside someone's body. So it's just like, well, you kind of sort of have to like, and that's like you're saying with the false chord thing, it's like, or with the, you can do false chord with the, uh, the fry vocals. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) you can't, like unless you would be able to like x-ray into someone's and even then what are you going to do with that yeah (laughs) like like i had a friend you know who's a singer herself kind of get me into like hey here's what i um like she did some lessons with mary zimmer and stuff she kind of told me like well here's what i've been told by her and maybe this will work for you it's all like these weird mental metaphors you have to tell yourself like the thing that made me um, finally click with what I had to make my throat do to do false chord screaming was the example of, let's say your mom and dad and you're like 16 year old girl and you want to go to prom, but your mom found out that you were smoking weed. So she grounds you and she goes, Hey, you're not allowed to go to prom. (laughs) You're not allowed to go to prom. And my little 16 year old bratty self goes, mom, that's, that's (laughs) what finally that example is what made me go. Oh, when I make that sound, that's like (laughs) that exasperated sigh if you can control that, you essentially now know how to do false chord screaming, (laughs) but you have to like envision what's happening in your throat that you can't see into. And you have to rely on, you know, these visual descriptions and like, (laughs) it's a lot of like, cause I, I sing and scream all the time in my car. Like anybody who follows me on Instagram probably should like report me to my car insurance because I, Cause I am, I mean, my eyes are always on the road and I have a mount when I'm, you know, hitting play oh, or whatever. Hey, that's way better off than I think most people uh, yeah, are. Yeah. And I, and I'm like, my coworkers probably are terrified cause I, you know, pull up to the office and I'm like rocking out to some demonic shit in my car, but it's, it's easier to feel less embarrassed about it when you're in your car where nobody can hear you and you're just making a bunch of noises. Cause yeah. that's, that's to me like what the development the cars where the magic like. happens. You know how many songs I've written in the car? A I'll, lot of people say that I will just put on like, I'll, I'll lay down a, like a guitar part or whatever and I'll put it on my phone and then I'll just do the aux cable in the car. And then when I'm driving around, like that's I've written so many songs like that. Yeah. And, and I can't like seem to get into the headspace to write my own music, even though I know mm-hmm. I have the ability to do it. But I think a part of that fear comes from, it's like this weird self cringe. It's like, I don't want to hear my own voice or my own yeah. mistakes. And I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, would you agree? Like the only key to getting over that is just to keep doing it. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Keep doing it. But also there's like a leap of faith. We were, I was talking about this on the previous episode of this show. Like you seem like a really, you're just like a, a genuine person and you're not like, you know, you just seem cool. And like, oh, it's it what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Whereas man. I am like a raging narcissistic <laughs> lunatic. You don't, you don't give off that impression. I'm for a what chameleon. Worth. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm good at camouflaging <laughs> the psycho, but anyway, <laughs> we were talking about how like there, there's like there, there, there is a certain, um, not that I don't, I'm, you know, mostly kidding, but like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like destructive narcissism, but there is a sort of like, there's something to that. Like it takes something to say like, Hey, like I made this up and I think it's good and here you should look at it. Right. You know, which is unnatural, you know, to someone like you who isn't, you're not like inclined to just be like, Hey, look at my shit. Like, I think this is awesome. You know? It's uh, yeah. And, and you read me correctly there. I've always had like, I've always had low self-esteem and it's just weird because I'm thinking, Kelly, like look at the cool stuff I do on paper. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to use this opportunity to be self-confident for 10 seconds. And it's like, you know, I'm a yeah. band manager. I, I know all these cool people in the industry. I've befriended some of them. I've gotten to essentially make friends with people in bands I'm fans of and hang out with them. And, you know, I host a podcast. I know all these interesting people and I like feed off their energy and I get to have cool conversations and and I'm talented at a lot of things. And yet I can say all that. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't fry scream, you know, like it's so dumb to limit it to that. And, but here I'll, I'll show you this. That last thing is also narcissism. That's self-centered, not narcissism. It's self, it's self, it's selfish thinking because it's like, I'm choosing to take 
all of these other things, put them aside, and I'm going to just focus on this one thing that's not good enough because I need to be perfect at everything. Oh, I'm an absolute perfectionist, and that's a huge problem. Yeah. So I'm trying to... I, that that was part of the reason why I'm like, hey, you know, start a podcast, do the things you like. Just put it out there. Yeah, yeah. just put it out Which there. Which takes something. It's, it's not... It's hard, man. It's and it's <laughs> and it took encouragement from friends, honestly, because yeah. same with the band management thing. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how do you do you find that it getting that encouragement sometimes from people motivates you or does it not affect you? Oh, it totally motivates me. Really? Um, throughout my whole life, I've always been a person who I, I don't want to say this is a weakness, but I don't necessarily like that I'm not assertive and I'm really close with my parents and I'm an only child. So my parents are kind of like my best friends. I never had a sister yeah. or a brother to turn to for guidance. And I always, I just, I always have to ask somebody for a second opinion. I'm not a very, I don't have a lot of conviction in my decisions, but then in my, like in my work life, I'm getting better at that. Cause I'm, you know, I've been at my company for five years and I'm kind of growing in my role there. So I have to act with more conviction because I can't constantly be like chasing my boss around the building asking, Hey, is this good? Yeah, right. But in my personal life and my music fan and, and music scene participant life, I'm kind of the opposite uh, yet I've very much so kind of grown my brand and started to develop my outside of work hobbies due to like specifically due to the encouragement of other musicians. Interesting. Because sometimes it takes another friend or even just like a second set of eyes to go, Hey, cut that low self-esteem shit out. Yeah. I see that you're really good at this and I think you should just go for it. Mm -hmm. Like honestly, and you just have to repeat it to yourself sometimes and think like, oh, okay, how can I internalize that opinion without taking it as cockiness? Because I've never, I I have never wanted to come off as an arrogant person, but I think because a lot of things have always come naturally to me and I haven't had to really work at a lot of them, Mm -hmm. it gets very frightening when you suddenly see a thing that you really want to do and you're like, Ooh, I want to get there, but I suck at it, Mm -hmm. but I still want to get there so badly that I'm going to just suck and suck and suck until I don't suck anymore. And that's really scary. Keep sucking until you succeed. (laughs) 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 But um, nice. Stole that from Eminem. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. Like, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of doing the same thing too. I mean, you're a self-made dude and... (laughs) You're sucking. Not I'm in the I'm in the, su- the the continual sucking stage right now, but we're gonna we're trying. <laughs> yeah, and I ask this question a lot on my podcast: is like, how do you know when you've made it? I'm like, yeah, you uh, you, you decide the, is the answer. Shifting goalposts because if you just if is it some number of money that you have because that that's never going to be enough. It's not right. going to matter. Your bills are going to go up. Is it some amount of followers or whatever? For right. Your, that's not going to matter. It's just, you decide, right? You have to decide. And yeah. like some people are, there is no right or wrong. How ambitious are you? What do you, you know, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And most people, not only do they not know, but they never even take the time to sit down and think about that. I did recently sit down and think about that. And I still, what'd you, what'd you come up with? Like, you know, what drives me and I mean, everybody wants acceptance, but I guess it's kind of like what I want is the ability to learn more about myself through talking to others. I always find I'm a very self-reflective person and I, I put so much pressure on myself for no reason. Like to, to the eyes of everyone else, I'm doing great. And to me, I'm like, I'm not working hard enough. And well, yeah, you know, finding how to balance that and manage stress and stuff. I just always like hearing other people's opinions. And when I can feel like I've made a genuine connection with another person, whether it's through music or otherwise, it's satisfying to me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, some of my favorite podcasts and just forms of media in general are all human interest stories because we're all kind of stuck here on this earth until the great filter consumes us all or an asteroid (laughs) like that, you know, some terrible fate is going to befall us all and we're all going to be worm food at some point. Just slide right off the edge of the flat earth. Yeah. The (laughs) flat is going to slough off and just scream forever. (laughs) But, um, it's sort of like, hey, just try to be, try to squeeze as much fascination out of your life as you can and do the things that make you feel fulfilled pretty yeah. much. I started to look at, at, you know, as far as um, that finding fulfillment and 
It's more like remove the part where you think about the end destination and think more about what do I want to be spending my days working on and doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been trying to come up with ways to, I don't even want to use the word monetize because my podcast costs me money. It makes me no money and (laughs) I choose to spend money on it for nothing. I'm telling you, it's uh... (laughs) a, it's, it's a money suck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a money suck. And I'm like in other forms of my life, like, um, you know, I won't, I'm, I'm fucking cheap. I mean, I won't spend money on a certain type of toilet paper if it's $3 more. Yeah. And my butt cheeks will suffer for it for a month, but <laughs> I will. That's the ultimate demonstration yeah, of. Yeah. But then I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll spend $16 a month to get SoundCloud pro so I can host my podcast that four people and my mom listen to. And it doesn't matter. Cause it's like, it's fun. It's for me. It's fun. And it's for my me. My mom doesn't even listen to mine. Uh, my so. mom like sent me a full text. She's like, can I offer some constructive criticism? And oh, wow. Oh, what, did, she, what did she say? Uh, my last episode, she's like, she said, I think this is your first interview where I feel like you kind of derailed a little bit and um, something. But then she also gave me a suggestion, actually, that I want to do for future episodes, because at the end of my podcast, I always ask my guests what are their three um, albums they couldn't live without. And she goes, I think it would be really interesting if at the end of your year, you compile like a, a graph or a, a graphic or something oh, that I make great with idea. all the albums that people pick to see if there's any overlap. And I'm like, you know, there will be. That's a good idea. Well, the, I I um, interviewed the guys from uh, Deeply Woven. They're a four piece like progressive instrumental band from New Jersey. They're They're awesome. They're friends of mine. And two of the guys in the interview, they're like, oh, yeah contortionist language like that's you know that's my album i couldn't live yeah. without like my they're brother, sitting across brother, the couch people connect with that my brother's gonna get the thing tattooed on him i think oh really yeah i've met like four people with that symbol tattooed how on does them. it look is it tattoo it's it's cool um there's a guy alex that i've run into at many shows i've even run into him at cleveland shows i don't think he lives in pittsburgh anymore but he has it um he has it tattooed i think right on the inside of his forearm mm-hmm. it's really neat and to like any other person you you look at it and it's just like that kind of geometric, uh, it's like, like geometric thing pattern yeah. thing in a sphere and right. it doesn't hold any meaning other than it looks cool. But Unless then you know if what you it know is and album, you're going to be amped, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I saw the contortionist earlier this year. They were the rediscovered thing? sick. Were you uh, at that one at Rex theater? At the Rex. Yeah. Oh, I was there too. Oh really? I might I was have... there with Tyler uh, and my brother. We're, I know Tyler dad. got to do, um, VIP and stuff. I think he was there earlier. Yeah, yeah. He was, but we were up on the balcony for most of the That's show. That's why I didn't run into you. I lost my shoe and my hat in the mosh pit. Holy shit. Yeah. That was a bad idea. I lost a shoe in a mosh pit once. I lost both shoes. Here, pro tip. Do not wear Converse sneakers to any, any event unless they are tied super on your feet. I, I have this. The, really? Cause yeah. I have such a hard time getting those things on and off. Well, like I, you're I about chucks like the high tops, uh, the, the low tops, like the normal oh, ones. Yeah. I okay. bought like a, a used pair at Goodwill for like three bucks and go. they're a little too big. The will. Yeah. <laughs> they're a little <laughs> too big. And, uh, I think, um, I'm pretty sure it was flourish or primal directive one of those two songs that's just heavy as fuck and yeah. i was like oh here's my moment and here's the thing i was on a date and i was like i literally turned to the guy that bought my ticket i was like hold on <laughs> hold on unless you're coming in with me he's like no i'm wearing glasses i was like oh, fine fuck you like <laughs> no I, we talked about that before and uh, he's like yeah i'm not really into moshing that much anymore i was like oh, you're lost and i lost my shoe because it i just Holy got pushed shit. and like fell and my sh- literally like it was like something out of a show like my my shoe i just watched it like like fly up in this arc in the air and like probably hit someone in the face yeah that was a great show the metal community is awesome and you can see it in moshing because when someone falls down everybody just helps them up immediate uh you know how many I, pairs of glasses i've picked up for people yeah. with a flashlight or you're not there to hurt people it's no. it's cool it's like unique because it's a, a controlled way to get out some violent aggression in a it's like a mutually agreed upon here. Are what, here's what we're going to do. And we're not trying to hurt each other. But right. Yeah, I, find cool. it, I find it to be a, a really interesting space to be in because I'm I, I am so non-confrontational. It's scary. Like I yeah. will avoid having difficult discussions with people. And, and you know, I don't I don't fight people. But I'm you'll throw s- down in the mosh uh, pit. But I will knock a bitch out in the mosh pit. I got yeah. my nose broken in a pit. I've, really? I've had um, 
I've had my my cheekbone fractured at the Between the Buried and Me show Holy last March. Fuck. Did you catch an elbow or something? I did. Yeah. Ugh. Were you at that show? The, no. The, oh my god, that was a that was a nightmare show. This guy got crowd surfed up to the front of Mr. Smalls, and um, he got dropped right in that little gap between the stage and the end, and he landed on his head. So he got knocked unconscious and Tommy, you know, the singer, he like, they were in the middle of playing Blot, which is, you know, an 11 and a half minute long song. They're in the middle of it and they stop on a dime. They literally stopped the song and he was like, like, is this guy like dead? Yeah. He like, he like looked down and was like, okay, all right, we're all trying to have fun here, but please be careful. Please be considerate of your fellow concert goers. And they like took the guy out on a gurney. He was fine because I think I think later in the evening uh, they like started playing the song again. And then later in the evening, they're like, "Okay, we're happy to report that the guy who fell earlier is, uh, you know, he was talking to his girlfriend on the phone. He's up and running again. But like I've only gotten hurt in mosh pits because I'm stupid, not because I'm a badass. But it is (laughs) it is a really fun way for people like me who are so milquetoast otherwise who are I'm just like a great word. That is an underused word. I love that word. I'm so spell it. Well, there's two ways to spell it. There's the oh shit. Really? There's I think you can spell it the Americanized way, which is like just M-I-L-K. No, no, that's not the one. M-I-L. Q-U-E. Toast. Milk toast. That is a hell of a word. Yeah. Anyway. But I'm just like, you know, I'm this unassuming, like totally average dorky girl just throwing down in the mosh pit. And like, I I mean, I've just gotten into dumb situations, but it's, it's something that moves you to interact with. Like, yeah, I do feel for the people though, who don't want to engage in it at all. And they have to get like stuck on the periphery and that, you know, they're doing the crossing their arms and like pushing people and oh, I mean, yeah, some that's people the, take it too far, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm usually like a, uh, well like the edge guardian, like the edge guard. Guys. Yeah. I like that because <laughs> you could still push people if you want to, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get blindsided. Yeah. What's and your, what's I'm your us- opinion on crowd killers? Like the, you know, the, the windmill people who are oh, like, God, I there's always some asshole in them. You know, there's always like, there's a couple guys. How about the shirtless, sweaty, drunk guy yes. who insists on sweating on you? <laughs> My brother yeah. almost killed a guy at the, uh, what show was it? White Chapel, Oceano, oh. and uh, a couple other bands, like a deathcore show. Yeah. But there was just this mega sweaty. These dudes, like, it's like they go to the gym and do steroids, like, for months so that they can go to this show and take their shirt off for a bunch of sweaty dudes. <laughs> like, this is your moment. Yep. So you it's, can just. Here I am. Yeah. Like, put a fucking shirt on you asshole like yeah. stop rubbing up against me it's <laughs> gross <laughs> but it's yeah gross. That, there's always that guy and then there's the um sometimes there's the girl with something to prove who's being like extra in the mosh pit i really try not to be that girl and that's why i'm like oh i broke my nose and i'm like yeah because you were trying to be the girl with something to prove it's stupid but not just being in there it's fine but there's she'll go over the top and like hit people and go out of you know right beyond the because th- there's there are rules in the mosh pit there are and that's what i think is so fascinating about it because what I really do love about the metal community in general is um, you kind of leave your shit at the door. Like, yeah, there are people from metalheads are, are a lot like life. hippies, actually. It's no. oh, it's so true. And you you all are there to see the show. And if you want to be a little violent and a little on edge or whatever, there's like an acceptable level of that. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. There are these like unspoken rules. And I always try to explain it to people who are so unfamiliar with it. And I just, never, it looks like chaos. It looks like yeah. what the hell is going on in here? Yeah. It's, be, it's like, it. that should be illegal. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, sometimes things will escalate where people do take, you know, they turn it into actual violence. Like you got to be okay with being in purple, like people's faces and personal space and yeah, doing a little non-existent shoving and stuff. But it's nice because it's, it's, um, you can either choose to engage or choose not to. And for the people who choose to engage, well, you know, I don't mosh to every song. Some songs I'm like so into it that I just, I leap on in there and it feels like it's calling me to do it. And then other songs I'm like, yeah, I don't know the words to this. I don't really, I'm not really feeling it. I'm going to go in the back and sip my beer. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate the fact that there's no barrier to entry. You can stand on the sidelines. You can hop in. You can try it out if you want to. Nobody's going to judge you when you're at a show uh, well, actually, like at the at at the Rivers of Nile show, like they mm-hmm. had us do that 
um, the wall, wall of, death of death thing. And I'm a little, Braveheart thing. I, yeah, I'm a little afraid of those things. The wall like, of death sometimes can hurt people. Yeah. yeah I'm because a little, because you're getting, that's where the whole crowd will divide in half left and right. And they're all, it's, it's like, it's like Braveheart. Like, yeah, or like be, 300 where two phalanxes of people just run at each other. Yeah, they'll and, say go and then they just crash into each other and you're getting a, you're getting a run up across, depending on how big the place is. Sometimes people could be at a full sprint smashing into each other. Right. Yeah. Like, like football, I, except with no helmets. Yeah. I would never want to do that at a, at a thing like Warp Tour where you're 30 feet apart and you, yeah. And you have or more. Yeah. Yeah. It, but at Cativo, you got like eight feet in yeah. between and you're kind of just like bumping up a bunch of like against yeah. a bunch of sweaty I didn't nerds. But in the wall of death. I'm just trying to watch the show most of the time. Yeah. I'm there. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not like anti mosh pit. A lot of times I'll do the edge guardian thing because I don't, I don't like if I don't want to be completely disengaged from the pit and then be surprised when someone gets bumped into me because that pisses right. me off. So I kind of just have to like, I'll find a spot on the edge of the pit and then, because then, you know, a lot of times there are a lot of people who don't want to be in the pit. So exactly. I feel like it's like a service, you know, I, it's like halfway and you're like playing defense on the edge instead of yeah. like, act, you know, running around making yourself a target. Yeah. Like I, I do feel for, for people like that. Like my ex would come with me to shows and she was not really that into it anyway, but like she would stand there and, you know, just like, and she, and she's a tough cookie. Like she is buff little bad motherfucker and so it's not like <laughs> it's not like she couldn't handle her own but, but she wasn't into the mosh pit no thing, she though. just wasn't into it and and just kind of stood there stock still watching and i understand how frustrating that is to just have some guy's elbow just come out of nowhere and like you know you might have a drink in your hand and it knocks your drink everywhere oh, or yeah. spills on your shoes I and mean, it's just that's not what you're there for uh-uh. so you kind of have to read the crowd and figure out who's down with it who's not and i've just had so many weird injuries like minor stupid things but they're all just from inconsideration basically you mean other people just not paying any attention yeah i mean or you um, mean yourself no both like uh, i went to see circus survive in cleveland um last winter they're one of my favorite bands and they're not a heavy band at all they're not metal they're like you know poppy alternative rock i mean totally not a totally not a band that i would think would have any kind of pit activity and when i got there i mean people were just like laying on each other in waves trying to get to the stage and there was a lot of full body contact and somehow somebody's jacket that had must have had like a stud or a zipper or something sliced my finger open so i'm i had a white shirt on and at one point i touched my hand and I felt my finger was wet and I'm like what the fuck is that oh oh okay my finger's bleeding so I had to like I couldn't leave the middle of the show so I'm just like sucking on my finger <laughs> like trying to like vampire the blood out on my finger so, so I stopped bleeding it was so weird who wears a studded spiky jacket in a fucking mosh pit I wear my vest but I don't have any studs spikes? on spikes no 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 spikes I mean, there are people that do it. Yeah. I imagine at like a Slayer show or a Metallica show or something or. Yeah. Those bands are probably the one, the pits that are really. I, I got to be honest. I'm scared. You said Whitechapel before. Are you going to the Whitechapel thing two weeks know. from now? I don't know. I don't know yet. Maybe I will. Oh, I, I'm like, yeah, here I am on record talking about, oh, I'm pit warrior. I'm not, I'm not claiming to be, I enjoy moshing, but I, I probably will get my ass kicked at that show and I yeah. likely will just kind of watch and. You gotta like identify. You gotta walk around and like profile the the. You gotta like I'll like pay attention for a little bit and see like who the the elbow guy's gonna be. Right, you know? right. You gotta like kind of watch. Yeah, because sometimes you just know. Sometimes there's a person who they just have that swagger to them, and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's got got some some issues. He's gonna be the guy. That's the guy there's, or the shirtless guy. Yeah, sometimes they sometimes they pull a sneaky on you and they'll take the shirt off like midway through and you don't know. So you're like next to the guy and then the shirt comes off. No, like, he was there all along. He just <sighs> wasn't shirtless. It's true though. Bamboozled. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. All right. So we're about out of time, but before, before we go, what are your three albums that you cannot live without on a desert Island? My three albums. Um, I, I always feel like my answers are inconsistent, but I remembered them from the last time I answered this question. Okay. They, so if you got more than three, that's fine. Oh but. my God. I, I would be here for hours if I had to pick more than three, but my, my three okay, kind five. of, Oh, five. What are your five? Okay. Number one would probably be speak for yourself by image and heat. 
uh, uh, just like incredible. I, everybody knows her if they don't already know her. She's the one who has that mm, what you say song. That's the album that's from. Okay. It's now a meme, but she's <laughs> she's an incredible musician. Um, On Letting Go by Circus Survive. Uh, definitely Fortress by Protest the Hero. That's my favorite band. That is the shirt I'm wearing right now. That's um, your number one favorite band? Yes. Um, probably, now that I get to do five, Night is the New Day by Catatonia. And I haven't really thought about five. I did answer like the, what are your top 10 albums? But this is a weird one, but probably the soundtrack to um, Oblivion, like the Elder Scrolls Oblivion wow. by, by Jeremy Soule. I've listened to that soundtrack like 6,000 times. It's not an exaggeration, but it's it's a little bit of everything. It's like pop, alt rock, mm, video prog, game score. doom, and a video game score. That kind of sums me up. Huh. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Tell people where they can find you. Um, so if you look up Tapestry Music Podcast, uh, pretty much anywhere. I host it through SoundCloud. So you can find me on SoundCloud. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to physically find me, just look for the really awkward, tall, blonde girl <laughs> wearing a battle vest at any local Pittsburgh show. You've probably run into me before and I've come up and talked to you and you're like, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but yeah, you, you can find me as like all one word tapestry music podcast anywhere on the internet all the places all the places i want to say thank you again to kelly for coming on the show i had a great time talking with her and don't forget tapestry music podcast hosted on soundcloud and you can find that on apple and pretty much everywhere else and this has been the matt elias music podcast thanks again for listening Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me at Matt Elias Music on Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else. Send me an email at EliasMattAtLive.com if there's anything that you would like to ask me, topic suggestions, or if you just really hate me and you want to tell me about it. We like those emails too. So thanks again, and until next time, later.